0: good to be with you today. I just want us to to just acknowledge the presence of the Lord um, um, and and begin kind of in prayer, if that's cool. So let's uh, pray with me. Um, In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord Jesus, we give you praise. We worship you tonight. We pray that you would open our hearts. We pray that you would uh, calm our, our minds and our hearts of the anxieties of today and um, prepare us for what you have for us tonight I ask you to teach us what it means to be human and tonight uh, teach us what you are speaking in and through man's body and his masculine masculinity give us the wisdom and grace to understand and receive all that you have for us tonight Hail Mary full of grace the Lord is with thee Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, I wanted to do that because I want to show a video to just kind of like set off this conversation, um, and it contains some coarse language. So I'm just gonna, you know, just be have reverence to the Lord's presence, but and alert you all. Um, but just just listen to this video and let that um, provide c- some context for tonight. We've cut out this video as it contained explicit language. The video shown was Joe Rogan having a coarse conversation with his guest about how a man needs to have sex in order to be able to focus. You can find the full video if you Google toxic masculinity, Joe Rogan. The talk discusses the first two minutes of this video. Well, there you go. It's that, it's that simple. There. Um, yeah, nice—a nice, a nice uh, awakening to, to the beginning of our talk, right? Um, maybe not what you expected in a churchy setting. But I think it's so important, um, just because, like, that—that's like an honest conversation, at least. You know, it's—it's it's many things, but one of the things is, it's honest. And I think too often um, we come into a place like this and we leave our Our humanity elsewhere, right? And we just like, I always say, like, in growing up, me and my brother weren't allowed to sit next to each other at church uh, because, you know, if something happened in like any other context, not really that funny, but if it happened at church, funniest thing imaginable. I had a priest once uh, that like, uh, consecration came around and he would lift up the host and say, through Ham, with Ham, in Ham. You know, like, like, i can do all things through ham who strengthens me right um my brother and i just you can't it's just too much right and you think you reflect about like why why was that so like why uh why why is my brother and i like we're just like dying at, at, at um in the pew there i think it's because we just kind of intuitively knew that church wasn't a place where you could be human you know um every week for an hour or so you 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 kind of do this charade and you pretend like you're not a human Um, And then when your humanity surfaces, it's funny because it's not supposed to be there. I never thought for one moment that um, what was contained in the teachings of the church, that what was happening on this altar had anything to do with my humanity that could intersect with the deepest desires and struggles that I carried around in my heart, um, that could make sense of this stuff, right? So let's, so let's. I just want to begin our discussion on um, masculinity tonight. I know you had my friend Abby last week. She's so wonderful, isn't she? Um, just, just such a great, great witness. Um, and I think um, just to remind, like we're discussing about like masculinity tonight, but we're not, we're not like putting people in boxes, right? We're we're aware of a real nature of man, a real nature of woman. Um, but when we speak about these things, like. Our reaction always is like to find an exception. It's like, but, 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 like, I, I know, I know someone like this, or, or what about this is the case? Like, uh, can a woman do that too? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're we're trying to like unpack the mystery. So just, I just want to set that tone of just like recognizing that there, are, um, like that. This is not about like putting people in boxes and telling people what they can and can't do. Um, this is exploring the mystery of what God has done in creating us in complementarity, right? In the mystery of making us male and female. So just to set that, that tone tonight. So like maybe, maybe to consider first and foremost like, with this video, like um, where, is he, where is he right? And where is he wrong? You know, let's like explore both of those things. So one, one thing like starting with like where he might be right, consider um, some of the things that both of them I guess are talking about. Um, how about the strength of man's desire? Right, that's that's what he seems to speak about of just this like, um, this this profound intensity to a man's desire. Right, that's something to talk about. Right, that and that's a that's a real I think I think a real part uh, one one aspect of the masculine genius. I, I sh- I'll share like four things today. There could be more, um, but this is just what, kind of what came up. Um, there's a great strength in a man's desire. Right. Um, and when a man is rejected in that desire, or when, when uh, that is not received, um, this, the reaction is similar to, I think, um, you know, Adam in the garden, right? It says, um, I was afraid because I was naked, and so I hid myself, right? And when the nakedness surfaces, the, the nakedness, and then there's a rejection. Um, the reaction is like, put up a wall, hide, right? Emotionally disconnect, right? Um, this, there's so many, there's, there's kind of a movement, I think, in the world today that we, we, we ought to just acknowledge of um, what they're responding to and, and then they're, they're kind of fighting against is toxic masculinity, and that has a lot of meanings, right? Um, but in one sense, for many, this is uh, the reaction of what what has been called toxic masculinity, has kind of resulted in a a rejection of men completely. Right, the scene in Wonder Woman, uh, when she's explaining kind of their 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 circumstance, their their village, uh, and to to the man, I think Steve is his name in Wonder Woman, um, she's explaining, it and it's she's um, basically saying like, yeah, like we like we're doing fine without without men, like we. We have this whole civilization, and, and even like like even for like sexual satisfaction, like we like we we figured it out, and we just like don't need you at all. And I remember like watching that scene in Wonder Woman, and it actually like hurt my heart. Um, it actually like hurt my heart um, because there's something deep within a man that wants to be needed by woman, not in a way that would belittle her or treat her as a uh, an accessory to him, um, but something much more. Noble, much more profound, right? Um, I love the I love country music, in the South, right? But I really wasn't until I moved to Texas that I I enveloped a love for country music. But I I listened to it sometimes, and like I I actually noticed a pattern um, to the songs, particularly with like the the guy singers and then the girl um, the girl country artist singers of um, for the most part, a lot of the the guy songs were um a song songs from their desire that were pretty much you know like kind of in in many ways objectifying the the woman right it's like country girl shake it for me girl shake it for me girl shake it so that like so that song's on the radio and then like and then the next song is like um this woman singing and she's like um like i got my my chainsaw and like I, i put my keys into his car it's just like huh, like I wonder if this is like the same story and like the, the one song led to another, right? Um, like what if that's true, like what if there's some truth to that, um, that, there, that the, the reaction um, to to this objectification to the man's lost is this great like, um, this fighting back, right? I just noticed that trend. Listen to it next time if you listen to that. What, maybe a distinction um, to make that in exploring where, where these guys might be wrong, though. Let's talk about where they might be wrong. Um, they seem to equate desire with lust, right? What do we even mean when we speak of that word lust, right? Um, lust, and according to the mind of the Church and, and John Paul II, the understanding um, that lust and desire are not the same thing, that eros, this, this type of love, I guess Father Brantz will speak about that next week, uh, this love that is associated uh, with with romantic love, but it, it goes even beyond that this passionate love um, is is not the same as lust lust is actually a reduction of eros, and when eros uh, becomes impoverished and turns in on itself, um, you get lust lust is is what John Paul II kind of describes um, as kind of the opposite of love. He says, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is use. It's when, instead of seeing the person before me as a person to be loved, I make the mistake of seeing them as an object to be used, right? Um, And so that's, lust is also a consequence of the fall, right? Before Adam and Eve in the garden, before the fall, um, there is this eros. do you believe that Adam had eros toward Eve? You betcha. You betcha. But it was an eros that involved a full recognition of her personhood, and, a, and it flowed from a self-giving of his heart, right? After the sin, this self-giving becomes, what can I take? This relationship of gift, mutual gift, becomes, uh, what can I take for me, right? Um, and so that is, uh, that is the flaw, I think, of what we're seeing here. And um, this, this doesn't seem to account um, for the capacity of man to possess himself, right? Um, self-possession is a necessary prerequisite to authentic love, right? Because you can't give what you don't have. So if I'm unable to possess myself, I cannot make a gift of myself. Think about it this: like, ladies, like, um, if a man cannot say no to his sexual desires, if he cannot say no. What does his yes really mean? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. At the end of the day, um, this is the crucial thing: that if if I'm unable to say no to my sexual desires, I'm unable to possess myself. Um, then I'm actually unable to love, I'm actually unable to give myself, right? Um, what takes greater strength? What takes greater strength to, um, when, you, when, you're, when a man is faced with a situation where a woman may not even recognize her own dignity, and is willing to be used, like actually uh, wants to be used, that, that's not what she deeply wants, and that nobody wants that in the deepest essence. Um, but there are times where we all, can, can kind of think we want to be used and are okay with it, right? Most, uh, growing up, I was taught like, you're just like, if whatever you can get away with, go for, right? Like, that, that's, that, was, that was like where the bar was. It's like so low. Uh, what, everything's okay if you can get away with it, right? Um, if a woman's willing to be used, that's fine. It takes greater strength for a man to recognize that um, and say no even if his desires are, are, are aligned in that, to say no, I'm not going to use you in this way. Uh, and this is the real capacity of man, to allow the strength of his desire, which is real, which is intense, to allow that strength to be harnessed uh, and, and purified and, and go through the crucible of this greater strength that aims towards self-gift, right? Um, how do you do this? How, how do you distinguish if, if in my heart and in, in, in his desire, he says he can't even like paint a painting without lust, you know, emerging in a man's heart, right? Uh, the desires are so, so there, Let's to that reality, what, what is a man to do? Um, my mom, my mom hires maids to clean her house once a month and then at the um, couple days before it's time for the maids to come, my mom cleans. The whole house, right, drives me bonkers, right. Um, this is called pre-cleaning. She needs to, to pre-clean before the maids get there, right? It's it's funny, and I, I joke about my mom, but um, oftentimes we do the same thing in the in the spiritual life. Um, we we attempt to pre-clean before we allow Jesus to enter, and we say Jesus is not invited until we have arrived at a certain level of cleanliness, right, and. And that is the worst thing you can do um, for any aspect of your spiritual life, right? It's the worst thing for me to do to think that I could actually um, sort out my desires, uh, my authentic desires for love and eros versus desires to use and lust um, by my own power. Jesus wants to come into the mess that I am. And he wants to see and have access to my desires, which he, he won't force his way into, but he wants to have access to them um, Twisted as they are, they need to. I need to allow him access to them um, so that he can untwist them and show me what I'm really looking for. Right? This is this is the this is actual purity. It is not this bottling up so that one day um, you get married and then unleash the casket and then everything goes. All the all your desires you've bottled up. Uh, who? What woman wants to be the object of that? Right? No, the true purity is going through this maturity of the heart where you, where you are pouring out um, these, these deep longings to the Lord and having him purify and elevate your desires. When we do this, amazing things happen. In college, I was struggling. I had this unique struggle with lust that only applied to me, right? I, in, the, in, the, um, you know, in August on college campus, right? I'm walking walking down the street, and I'm trying to. At that point in my life, I'm trying to like live a life of purity and, and like the church, and um, finding it difficult to say the least, right? Um, so I'm, I'm I'm having this struggle, and what happened in prayer was this kind of this inspiration to put on a. Um, it was around Valentine's Day, at, after a, a long period of struggle. Um, this this ball, this like Valentine's Day dance for, um, the ladies at the Catholic Center, um, in so many ways in which. I recognize that um, I recognize what Wonder Woman is saying that there are many ways that we as men have failed to uphold the dignity of woman in many ways I have um, I, get, I get what that country music song is singing about um, and in that moment like I wanted to I wanted to do something right um, and by the way ladies if you've never heard that from anyone um, I feel the Lord wanted to say um, just as a man as a representative of, of other men, I I am deeply sorry for the ways that we have failed to love you and uphold your dignity. Um, please forgive us, and don't um, don't cast us out. Um, so yeah, I put on this 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 ball. This dan- it was like a cook, all the guys came together, cooked them dinner, um, and we had like a dance at the end of it. and It was so like amazing, and the reactions to what people were saying and seeing like their faces light up on this day that is sometimes a source of loneliness for many. Um, this, this experience, what's, what began as, as lust, transformed into an authentic expression of gift, right? What was an occasion of sin became an occasion of grace. This is what the Lord offers to us, right? Um, number two, authority and power, speak about that. In regards to um, the masculine genius Um, man has an authority and a power what do we mean by that in in Genesis it says um, speaking of Adam he will dominate her Adam will dominate Eve he will dominate her and her desire will be for her husband Um, the the issue we have is so many times like you read that and you're thinking like oh this is like how God made it Um, but that's not like God endorsing, like putting a stamp on something he made, um, he's diagnosing something that ha- that is happening as a result of the fall. And so like, as we have this tendency to sin from the fall, like he's saying, okay, here's the, here's what this tendency is going to look like in man and woman. The, how it's going to look like a man, he's going to have the tendency to dominate her, to use her. And in some sense, She will want to be used, right? Um, This is not right, though. That's not what we mean by authority and power. On Tuesday, this mass reading that I guarantee you, if you went to to mass, very few priests were brave enough to to preach about this or even mention this, but this was the first reading. Um, Wives, this is Paul speaking in Ephesians, wives, be submissive to your husbands. Oh my God, in 2020, you're gonna read that? Like, just, just avoid that reading, right? Um, I have friends who picked that reading for their wedding. Um, not because their husband is a dominant jerk, <laughs> no. Um, because what's really there is something so beautiful. Uh, submission, right? First of all, there's Paul calls for a mutual submission in marriage and if you know of any healthy married couples, that's a dynamic that needs to be there of a kind of a mutual submission, but there is something distinct about the man's role, in in a different type of authority is, that is especially seen within marriage, uh, that Paul speaks to in this. The word submission, um, submission, to put sub to put yourself underneath the mission of the man. That's that's what it, that is to, to put to put oneself underneath the mission of the husband, the mission of the man. So begs the question, like what is the mission of the man? Paul tells us a little a few lines later, he says, Christ loves your love your wives. Sorry, he didn't say Christ, he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, and handed himself over to her. So the mission of the man is to love his wife as Christ loved the church and handed himself over to her. What woman would not want to be okay with that, right? That's beautiful. And that is the, that is the call, right? Um, Jesus, the, God, God took on a male body to teach, us, to teach us a lot, right? There is a reason Jesus has a male body. Let's explore this a little more. This, this gets into uh, maybe number three of, of the masculine genius according to Joy Martinick, whatever that's worth. Um, men have the capacity to be initiators of the gift. What does that mean? Um, you will never hear, in any language of the church, when the church is talking about herself, um, it's always done in a feminine way. Like language for the church, like she, right? Pro- the pronouns, like she, right? Like they, And they matter, like the pronouns, they didn't just like arbitrary like pick, pick there's a reason for them, like look in any church document you'll never hear the church referred to in a masculine way, even though we have <laughs> we have a bunch of male priests right isn't that very interesting like wouldn't it make more sense with a with like a male pope male, male priest just call the church masculine never two thousand years and we'll, and for all, all time the church is feminine why uh, because in the relationship between God and us, we are in the feminine posture. We are not the initiators of the gift. We are the receivers of the gift. Right? This is what First John 4 says. Um, not that we have loved God. <laughs> like I, we didn't start this. Rather, God has loved us. Right? Uh, we, before God, are always first and foremost in a posture of receptivity. And this is why John Paul II says, uh, when speaking about woman, he says, woman is the model and archetype of the whole human race. He's not, he says this, the whole human race. He's not like, you know, boob, like saying like, men suck. Um, what he's saying is that if, you're, if we're looking in the language of the signs of our bodies, uh, if, we're, if we're taking seriously what God is speaking through the complementarity of the sexes, um, all of us are in this feminine posture of first receiving the love of God, right? Of being receivers. And God is the initiator of the gift, right? But but you have a but 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 Jesus is a male and you have an all-male priesthood because that represents the that represents Christ, the bridegroom, who is that initiator of self-sacrificial love. And what's beautiful of the Catholic faith is we don't believe that it's it's just it stops there with us just Accepting a prayer and accepting God's love—it's it begins there. You betcha. But we are called to make a gift of ourselves back to the Lord, right? It's this—it becomes this exchange of mutual giving, the over and over, over, over again. Um, it's beautiful. I love the new movie Jumanji, not like I guess the newer newer movie came out, but there's like the one with the first one with Dwayne Johnson. My favorite character in the, in the new, newer Jumanji is Bethany. She's like a high school drama queen. And through a series of strange events, she gets transported into the body of a fat middle-aged white man, Jack Black, right? Um, it's hysterical. It's, it's so well done, the movie. Um, but I, but it, like, it's a movie, and it's, and it's funny. Because like, in, in reality, if Bethany were to go in a different body, she would cease to be Bethany. Because the reality is, like, you are your body. Like, we are, we are body-soul composites. Like, we are not um, a spirit that is trapped in a body. Um, the, the, the real, the essence of you is not this, this just, like, totally spiritual thing. Um, the essence of you is a body-soul composite, right? The body reveals, your body reveals the person that you are. How, how do you know you have an immortal human soul? Um, you know that because you have a body. Like I can tell you belong to the human nature because your soul is made visible through your body. That's the only a way of knowing that. Your body reveals the person that you are. Um, and so I think in the world today we've come very more, more disconnected from the reality of our bodies. And oftentimes what the church is is speaking and building on in this language and why can't women be priests? Um, it's because it's it's looking at the comp. It's looking at what God is is telling, the story God is speaking, right? It's a, there's a, there is a, a real language to that, and the body matters, right? Um, and so being initiators of the gift, that involves taking risks, another aspect of masculine genius. To be to be initiators of self-sacrificial love, initiators of the gift, um, that's to say the same thing as the one who takes risks. Often in the family that... That, that becomes dad's job, right? To, um, to like do help the, the kid do the dangerous thing, and mom is not is not pleased with that. But like, um, there's something good about that. I think I think we're afraid, and kind of especially in our generation, um, and gosh, in 2020, we're afraid to we're afraid to take any risk. Um, and this is part of what the masculine genius can, can teach us, um, to take a risk. Uh, where you are vulnerable, where you are exposed, but to do it for the right reasons, right? Um, number four, the last one, um, the ability of a man to speak order into chaos right? um, my my friend uh, got married a, a year ago, and she's she was telling me um, just kind of what what it's been like. and um, you know she she shared, she's like a very anxious, person and just very like um, highly emotional and um, you know like spaghetti and she she's married this man and he's just like one track mine you know and you would think those people wouldn't get along well um, but she's like it's like it, it's been like an anchor for me you know um, it's kind of like it's been such a gift to like steady me in that um, this this, be, this, this man has spoken um, order into the chaos of her life, right? Without, without like annihilating her uniqueness in any way, you know, she's, she's still spunky. And, and what a gift she's being to him too, right? Um, I, I like to think of, um, you know, a kind of masculinity and femininity, compare that to like how we understand reason and emotion in ourselves in every human person, right? So if you think about it, the same dynamics can be at play. It's like if you're a person who is all emotion, right? And you just let your emotions run wild and you don't listen to your reason. I, I think of that as like a marriage where you just have, you, the wife just runs, wears the pants in the family and like shuts the, the man, like the man doesn't even have authority to speak at all, right? And it just you just run wild. Like you can't really live that way um, where you just go by, your whim of your feelings. I think as a culture we we have tended to do that more of late of just like to kind of ignore the role of reason. But at the same time, like flip that around. There there are people I'm sure you know, maybe you're one of them. Um, I guess I have this tendency more of, of late to be like all reason and no emotion, right? To just be, just like have this like cold calculating thinking of what makes sense. Um, especially when you become like a spiritual person, this can, this can be at work. Um, and you kind of don't listen to the voice of emotions and the reason of the heart. It's like the man shutting out the feminine voice. Like, not, that's the real disordered domination, right? That, that's, that's what their re- reaction is against, against that text in, about submission in Ephesians 5, and that is a disorder, right? I was, I was directing a play once, and it made perfect sense when our cast members were having um, some health problems, and it made perfect sense, logically, in my mind, reason, to dismiss her, right, to get her out of the, the show. And um, my choreographer came to me and said, like, um, in my head this makes sense, but my heart says no. And um, it resonated with me, what I was feeling too. There's a, there's a logic of the emotion sometimes um, that's almost more in tune with reason. Because our reason is darkened from the fall, that it kind of it sees things, and I think maybe Abby talked about that, of that feminine tendency to have intuition. Um, it sees things in reason that the gaps of our ignorance don't always see. Um, and so I didn't let her go, and it was that was the right move. Like, she greatly benefited from kind of a healing process of being in that community. Okay, coming in for a landing here. I wanna make sure you guys have time for small groups. So um, there is a proper, uh, in the fact that we all are, are created to, there's brokenness in this world, but God, God designed this so that we have a mom and a dad, right? Again, brokenness and, and all of us have, have our own wounds, but um, just looking at the nature of, of God's design. So from that, there's a proper integration within every human person of masculinity and femininity. Let me say that again. So with, within every man, there's an appropriate integration of masculinity and femininity in a certain sense, right? Um, and, and we, can, we can call certain things traits that are feminine and masculine, right? Again, not putting things into boxes, but think of in the Book of Maccabees, this woman, this mother who watched her five children die. Um, it says that she she did it and she held, she, she watched that and she held fast to her faith with manly courage, right? Um, it's attributing that virtue of courage to be masculine, but it's, it's recognizing that that's happening in a woman. Um, so, <laughs> I'm a a guy who does. Speaking as a guy who doesn't like go hunting, right? I I do musical theater, Um, but there there is a real sense in which, as integration happens uh, with the masculinity and femininity within each one of us, within me, I become more of a man. I become I become more authentically who I am, who who God was created to be, right? There's more. There's much more we can speak about that in more depth. Um, How can guys love guys? Affirmation, brotherhood and trying to avoid at all costs um, the threat mentality, right? Um, oftentimes, we, we, we see the, the success or the virtues in another man and we, um, we, be, we feel threatened by them. Um, my brother's strength is my strength, that's the, that's the new way to look at this, right? Um, I was having a conversation with my friend Frank. And this guy is a—he's a—he's a jacked, like, physically very strong man, um, and you know i am typically like very like, I can get jealous of a of a man like that, right? Um, and one day, we were talking, and he just kind of opened up to me, and he said that he he, he was kind of jealous of my strength. And I'm like, what? Like I'm not I'm not strong at all. Like, and he he saw. He saw in a, a different type of strength, um, a, an emotional strength, that, that was like a source of envy for him. And I'm just like, what? This is stupid. Like, um, with our powers combined, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> we are Captain Blatter. Um, but that's what the Lord wants. That's, bro- that's brotherhood working together, of coming together and, and affirming. Ladies, how can girls, love guys, um, receive, please? Receive. Um, one of the best experiences I've had in the romantic sphere a, a few years ago this girl um, I, I, I initiated the gift I, I asked her out and I was rejected but it was like the best rejection I've ever experienced in my life it, uh, unbelievable she did it in a way uh, where it was completely receiving the the step that I had taken and acknowledging the courage that that took taking it seriously and um, being firm with where, like, I knew it was not going to happen, right, there was no leading me on, um, but it was done in such an affirming and respect way. There's a deep desire in a man to be respected, and when a man experiences that desire, it does not mean in the best way, I, mean, I don't know what these guys think, but I, I, I think that's not even what they want. They, they want this, deep down. What this respect desire is not just be, you know, fall at my feet and, and do the dishes for me and, and like hang on my beck and call. The desire to be respected is to recognize um, the authority that God has placed in a man, recognize the potential he has to love excellently, to call a man higher than this low bar that the world has put him in and call him to the highest. That is what a woman can do um, when she receives and respects a man. Okay, I talk long enough. God bless you.